I'm so glad that you've come today and you're here for this service as we worship together and we open God's Word and read from it today. We have been studying the parables of Jesus, the stories that Jesus told. So over the weeks of September and October and into November, we are going to be reading a parable each week. Each story that Jesus told has a deep and important message for us to hear spiritually. Some of Jesus' stories seem to have a lot of things in them that God can teach us about. Most of the parables, I would say, are long enough and have enough in them that there's more than one point. And for each person that is here today or can listen to this service What the parable says to you may be a little bit different than what the parable says to the person beside you. God has a way of taking His Word and His truth and applying it to our hearts. Jesus encountered a variety of people in His life. Some of the people that He talked to were wanting to listen and were open to what He said, and some of them had hard hearts and some of them knew a lot about the Jewish scriptures and the, uh, the Jewish faith. And some of them knew that there was a Messiah to come and others didn't have any, any idea at all. And so when he told his stories, he told them that would reach an audience that we might not even see or understand as we hear what he said. As you read the parables, the Holy Spirit can apply the truth of the parable to you heart to your heart. He may show you new truth as you go. I have found that just like with a Christmas story or the Easter story or other stories that I've read many times, that if I have a fresh and a teachable heart and I read the story again, God will show me something that He wants me to hear from His truth. It's so true of all the Scriptures that sometimes God surprises us. I remember when I was preaching through the story of Noah about five or six or seven years ago. It's been quite a while since that was there. And it just seemed like I've read that story a hundred times as a kid and a teenager, as an adult. I preached from it. But when I was reading it again, fresh again, it was amazing to me what I felt like God was saying to me from the story of Noah, to the story of Noah and the life of Noah. And that's so true to me of when you read a book or you read uh, a section of Scripture that gives you a story and God can speak to you about that. God can show you something else time and time again. Well, the story that I want us to read today comes from Mark's Gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want to read from the Gospel of Mark today. Our parable this morning is called the parable of of the bags of gold. In Mark chapter 4, go back to that. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus said these words, and it was recorded of these words of Jesus' parables. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. In other words, Jesus found that the most effective way to communicate to the people that he taught, the people that he preached to and he taught, was to tell a story. And so our story this morning is the parable of the bags of gold. It's a story about what you have been given in life 
what God has given to you and what you have done with what God has given to you and allowed in your life. It's also called the parable of talents. That's probably the name that I heard growing up the most. And I've heard some sermons on this. And I've read this many times. And it's one of the the parables of Jesus that I will call a parable of accountability. Jesus told different kinds of parable. The first few weeks that we were reading in the parables, we were reading the parables about growth, the mustard seed, the sower, and parables like that. And for the last couple of weeks, we now have been looking at parables that I will call parables of accountability. This one is called the parables of talent. It's found in two different gospels, Matthew and Luke. They're told with a little bit of variety but there's enough similar in these two stories and how they're told to tell us, to, to remind us that Jesus must have talked about this a lot. This was a subject that was important to Jesus. They both, both of places, Matthew and Mark in this parable, are about making your life count for God, making your life mean something, and fulfilling what God created you to be. God gives us all, every single believer. If you're a believer today in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have asked Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you for your sins and you say, today I'm a follower of Jesus, I want you to know the Bible says that God has given you certain gifts or certain talents. And Jesus talks about uh, how important it is that we use what He has given us for His good and His glory and His kingdom. He's given all of us certain gifts, not just certain people, not just men, not just women, not just older people, not just young people, but every believer, Jesus tells us, has given us certain things, and then He wants us to use them for His good. He gives us certain gifts, but it is up to us how we use them. It's up to us how wise we are. It's up to us how we see those gifts and those bags of gold or those talents that God has given us. But the truth is, every person that's here this morning that is a believer, God has given certain things too. It's a a theme that Jesus spoke about often. He spoke often about uh, that God requires of us and wants us to respond to what he's given us and done for us. It's also, you could say, you could call it a parable of contrasts. In this parable we're going to read in about two minutes, it's a parable that shows us the difference between how one person will respond to God's gifts and how another person will and how God sees that. It's a contrast between those that honor God with their lives and those that waste their lives. It's also a contrast between God's rewards of those who honor Him and punishment for those who don't. A parable is also, this parable is a parable of accountability. And it's one of those parables that some people might say, this is a hard saying of Jesus because of what He says about those who do not honor Him with their lives. I mean, Jesus, and this would be the second parable in a row. Last week, we looked at a parable where 
Jesus refers to punishment and to hell. In this case, the weeping and gnashing of teeth and the outer darkness. And he reminds us that this is so important to him. What you do with your gifts are very important to God. God cares deeply about what you do with your life. You might have a thought or uh, an opinion or uh, maybe you don't think about it much, but you think, well, God really doesn't see me. God doesn't know me. The truth is God loves you so much that his hand and his eye is on you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he is watching over you. What you do with the gifts of your life are so very important to God. Your life is important to God. Everything about your life, God cares about. And He wants a relationship with you. And He wants to guide you and bless you and help you. And He wants you to have a good life. God wants you to have His very best. And He gives you His very best. And He wants you to live that life in a way that brings great glory and honor to Him. Here's another way to say it. Your life is important to God. Don't waste it. Don't waste your life, no matter how young or how old you are. See the potential that God has. See your life as God sees your life. And we look in this parable now, we'll see how God looks at our lives. If you have your Bible and you want to respond, Matthew chapter 25. If you have a Bible or you want to use one in the pew in front of you, you can. Or if you have a phone and you want to follow the book of Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read at verse 14. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Again, it will be like a man who goes on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey... The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said... You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the, gra gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, 
You should have put my money on deposit with a banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus' words in this parable starts with this word, again. If you have your Bible open and you're, you're looking at it, look back to verse 14 and notice that the story Jesus told starts with the word, again. This again reminds me of how often Jesus must have talked about this subject. We know that he talked about this subject because there's other places in his teaching and his parables that he spoke about this accountability for what God has entrusted us with. This is such an important message to Jesus that he is going to say it many times. He's going to say it in different ways. He's going to say it to his disciples when they're just alone together with him. He's going to say it to the crowds. But Jesus talked about what God has given us and whether or not we will use it for his kingdom many times. You could classify a number of Jesus' parables together over this whole subject of of accountability and what God sees when what he gives us in life. I'm thinking of three themes that run through this story and also two or three other stories where Jesus specifically talked about this same subject. The first one is this. Jesus reminds us of the importance of being watchful. Jesus reminds us how important it is that we have a worldview that we are watching for His kingdom. We're watching for Him to speak to us. We're listening. We're in tune with what God is wanting to say to us. We're being watchful. We're also being ready for the timing of God. Nobody knows exactly the timing of God. And Jesus said that many times. Nobody knows exactly when Jesus is going to return. But He is going to return. Only the Father in heaven seems to have that understanding of time, at least at this point, (coughs) that nobody else would have. Uh, In the prior parable, for example, in the parable just before this one, the parable of ten virgins, the the point of the story was that the ten virgins needed to be ready. Five were ready and five were not. Jesus says this over and over again, be ready. Be ready for the timing of God. Earlier in this chapter, in that same chapter, Jesus speaks and he says, the day and the hour is unknown. So, we're reminded in this parable that we need to be watching for what Jesus wants to say to us. We're also reminded in this parable, and probably the main point of this parable, is God is calling His people to be faithful. God is calling us to see the things that we have as God's and to be faithful with how we live them out and how we use them, that we use them for His glory. We use Him to honor Him. We use Him to serve Him. We use Him to serve people. And that everything that we own, all the possessions that we have, life itself is from God. 
And God wants us to see it that way. Everything you have in your life, God has allowed in your life. And He's loaned them to you. It's a loan. Life is a loan. We only have so many days, so many years. Uh, and then life will be gone and will be in eternity. And Jesus reminds us that He is calling His children, His people, to a faithfulness of what we do with the things that God has given us. With your life, have you been faithful with the bags of gold God has given you? You might be thinking, I don't know what you mean by bags of gold. And that brings up a lot of thoughts. But there are so many things that God has allowed in your life. And if you have a heart that's humble and thankful, you'll see that. And you'll know that. That God has given you life. And He's given you possibilities. And that God wants you to be careful that you don't waste your life. That you don't waste your time. That you don't seek after things that don't matter for that, that, that don't have uh, for eternity. Jesus reminds us to be watchful, be faithful, and be careful. I'm also thinking of the words of Jesus when he said, to those who have an ear to hear, let them hear. That we would hear what he says to us about that accountability. Well, let's look at the first two servants and who they were. And what happened to them? The first two. One that had five bags of gold and one that had two bags of gold. The first thing I think about that when I see the first two servants is that the master chose the gift to give to them. Of course, the master in the story is God. And Jesus is telling this story to remind us that God has given each one of us a certain type and a certain amount of talents. Some people have more than others. Some people have more possessions than others. Some people have more ability than others. But every single servant of God has been given abilities and talents, whatever words you want to use at that. I do notice that uh, verse 15 says, each according to his ability. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. God knows how we're designed. He knows how we're made. He knows we're made of clay. He knows the potential. And He will give us certain opportunities. Every person according to the ability of how He designed us and made us. It's the Master. It's God who gives the gifts. He chose those things. God knows us. He knows what we're capable of. He's fair. He's generous. Why He gave one five and one two, only God knows. But then... God has made us all different and unique. Nobody in this room is alike, exactly, because God made you the way you are. And He's given you certain abilities in who you are and where you live and the circumstances of your life. And boy, do we have people in this room from different circumstances of life. Every one of us are children of God if we've asked Jesus Christ to come into our heart and forgive us. And then He has given us certain opportunities. Every servant is given the talents. No excuses. There's no one that can say, God hasn't given me any, any ability or any talent. He doesn't expect any, anything from me. That is so far from the truth. God has made you unique and special. Recognizing what God has given you and your determination to use them wisely is so important. First of all, being thankful that God has made you the way that you are. Being thankful that God has given you life and God has given you the circumstances of your life and being thankful to God and responding to the Creator and 
being thankful is so important. Every servant receives certain talents. I do notice also that the first two servants went to work at once, immediately. Verse 16 says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put to work and gained five bags more. There was no delay. There was no excuses. There was, well, another time. Maybe God can use me later. It was immediately when he received those gifts, those five bags of gold, he put them to work immediately. Uh, And then they multiplied. They multiplied according to the ability and according to the amount. And the, the one that had five bags, he gained five bags more. The one that had two bags of gold, he gained two bags more. But they were put to work and they were multiplied. And they were able to increase the gift that God had given them because they worked at it. They didn't take the easy road. You know, sometimes we want to take the easy road in life and even in ministry. We're not willing to do the sacrifice. We're not willing to always go that extra mile and work that hard and we're reminded in this story how important it is to use what God has given us. I also see in the first two servants that they were greatly rewarded. Oh, they were greatly rewarded. Look at the three things that the master says to the servants uh, when he comes back and he finds that they have been faithful. Listen to the description showing how deeply important this must be to God. Number one, we read this statement. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's one of those things that many Christians and many people think about and think, when I get to the end, when I get to heaven, I'm looking forward to hearing the voice of the Master say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And we understand that God wants to bless His servants. God is thankful for His servants. And so He gives this promise. And this is where Jesus speaks it in the Gospel. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what God is looking to say to every one of us when we, when we pass into glory, when we take our last breath, that we've done what God asked us to do. We've done it with a right heart. And then he says, I will put you in charge of many things. Another statement. In this parable, of course, the story is this man that gained five and the man that gained two, God will give him more. God will give him more responsibility. God will give him more opportunity because he was willing to do what God asked him to do. And then the third part that is maybe the the greatest and the most powerful, at least to me when I I read it, listen to what Jesus conveys about God's heart toward those that do what he asked him to do. He says, come and share your master's happiness. Can you imagine that? I mean, we think about this in terms of heaven, which is, is part of a parable. It's part of a story. I said there's lots of little parts to every parable, and this is one of those little parts. Jesus is describing eternity. He's describing heaven. He said this is the way that God wants to do it. He wants to say to you when you take your last breath, oh, you've done well. Come and be with your master forever. Share your master's happiness. I think of two words there, sharing. Number one, Jesus is our, our Savior, and he wants to be our brother And God wants to be our father. Family relationships. Come and share your master's happiness. Again, Jesus is saying how happy we make God when when we live out with with faithfulness. 
the gifts and the talents and what God has allowed in our lives. Come and share your master's happiness. But then there's also the third servant. He also received a talent. He received a bag of gold. I don't know how much that was. Of course, it's symbolic as Jesus told this story. But I also, I see that uh, he had the same potential to make the master happy as the first two did. He received a talent, but he disobeyed the master. The master told him what to do, but he chose not to do that. He disobeyed the master, and he, he took his treasure, and he literally buried it. There was a painting I looked on the internet, and the painting has uh, the master sitting at a table, and the two faithful servants are standing there, and they're handing him the, the return, the bags of gold, and there's a, a look of happiness on their faith and joy, and, and the master looks very joyful, and, and it, it's a, a neat picture, but the right side of the picture you see out the window of this room that the three are in, and you see the man out digging in the dirt, trying to find, trying to find his ability, his talent, his gold. He had lost his opportunity. Jesus called this type of person as someone who is wicked and lazy. That's the word that he chooses. When we choose not to use what God has given for his glory, Wicked and, and lazy. He was afraid. He was living in fear. I think you could say it like this. He was living with excuses. Well, this is why. I have this reason. And he had a reason. And he brought Jesus words of judgment. This unfaithful servant. As beautiful as the description is of the, the reward and the blessing of, of uh, the master for the two that, that put their their bags of gold to work. On the other side, you have the, the sadness in verse 30 of the judgment that came upon the one who was wicked and lazy. Verse 30 says, Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, Jesus uses words that remind us of other scriptures about hell, about Hades, and other descriptions that Jesus was speaking of judgment. It's I say that to say how, how deeply important this story is, and it was in the heart of Jesus. As I mentioned, with our parable last week, Jesus referred directly to Hades, and, and Jesus was saying that God wants us to live a certain way, and he, He's telling us how to do that. But there is such a great contrast between the faithful and the unfaithful in the eyes of God. How God sees us, he sees us with grace and mercy. He sees us with such incredible love that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for our sins. And He also sees those who have been touched by that grace and are living their lives to please Him and to do what He wants them to do. Our choices in this life as God's people impact, impact eternity. Our choices with what we do with God has given us impacts other people's choices and eternity. Your life is very important to God. Don't take it for granted. Don't think, well, I really don't have much to give God. The truth is, every person, 
has something to give to God. Your life is very important. You are God's steward. The verses in one translation says, God has trusted you. Here are four areas of your life that God trusts you with. If you could think this morning about these areas that God has given to me and ask yourself, what does God want me to do with this part of life? The first one that I want to mention this morning is how do you spend your time? You see, because time is very important. God created the heavens and the earth. He put the stars and the sun and the moon and 24-hour period and daylight and nighttime, 24 hours in a day and so forth. God created time. Time is important. And God gives to us, loans to us. Would you go on to that next slide, please? God gives to us all a certain amount of time. Go on to the next one here. I think I might have got a little bit out of order. I want you to go to the one that says, how do we spend our time? If you would, please. Maybe it's not there. I don't know. Okay. Well, how do you spend your time? All of us have the same time. This is one of those gifts that all of us have the same of. Everybody has 24 hours. It's not like if you're well-educated, you got more or less. But every single person has 24 hours in the day. You've thought of it like that? The rich and the poor, the great and the small have 24 hours. It's up to us to be a steward of that time and use it wisely. To use it as God wants you to. We can use it in selfishness or we can use it in unselfishness. Another category, so your time. The second category is um, your talents, your abilities. And I, of course, I hear people say at times, well, I don't have any ability. I've never known, I've never known a single Christian that didn't have abilities and talents. It's different for everybody, and there's different measures of it. And there's different things that we're good at or not good at. But there's not a single Christian I've ever known who does not have a certain amount of ability that God gives them. God made it that way. In fact, in the New Testament it says that God has given the gifts to the church according to His choice. Everyone has been given gifts. If we had time, we'd read in the book of Romans and other places where it talks about the gifts of the church, the gifts of the body of Christ. And it says that every believer has been given gifts by God. You have been given certain gifts by God. And God has made you a steward of that. He has trusted you with certain abilities in your life. You can see them as being on loan from God and use them, or you can just kind of bury them, really. You just kind of put them away and say, ah, I won't need that, I, I'm not going to use that. Or, that's exactly what Jesus is saying in this parable, that God wants you to use your abilities, whatever you call that word, talent, abilities, gifts. But God has given you time. He's given you certain abilities or talents. God also has given all of us a measure of treasure. When I think about our country and I think about how much we have compared to so many people that are hurting around the world, I, this parable should, should 
should strike us in the heart and, and remind us that we've been given so much treasure. God has given us so much. With it is responsibility and pressures and problems and things that make it difficult. But the, the truth is God has given us so much. When I look at what I have and what people that have, when I've been to, to India and I've spent time in those villages with people and all around the world, you know, so many people would like to come to the United States because of the opportunities and because of so much that we have in this country. And the truth is, God has allowed us to have so much. God has allowed us. What do we do with the treasure? Do we see it as belonging to God? Do we see it as everything I have belongs to my master? However, he wants me to use it to be a blessing in the world. Jesus is calling us to be careful and and to see that everything that we have belongs to God. The fourth area that I want to mention this morning is this. God gives every single person a certain circle of influence. There are certain people in your life, there are certain situations that no one else, no one else anywhere will have the opportunity that you do to have influence for Jesus. The opportunity to interact with the people in your family, the people in your workplace, the people in your circle, in your life, as a, uh, in your community, in your neighborhood, children, adults. God gives every single person certain influence. And we're a steward of that. So when you interact with your brother, it's an opportunity for you to show them the love of Jesus. It's an opportunity for you to show them that you love God and that you're His servant and everything you are belongs to Him at work. Boy, when you interact with the people at work and, and some of them are going through difficult things or they're struggling about faith, that's an opportunity for you to let your light shine for Jesus. God gives you that light. And it's up to you to put that light out there and to show people that Jesus is important in your life, your time, your talent, your treasure, and your influence, all of these are part of the gifts that God gives to you. Are you faithful with what God has allowed in your life? Every person has a certain group of people that they can influence for Christ. And too many times, that opportunity is passed on. We're too quiet, or we're too busy, or we're not really thinking about the needs of other people. And so Jesus reminds us, we have bags of gold. What about your circle of influence? Do they see Jesus in you? Make the most of your life with God. Know how important it is. And hear the heart of Jesus about your life. Make it count. Say, God, how can I use my bag of gold? Would you stand please as we pray? I'd like to ask each of you to think for a moment this morning about your bag of gold. What is it that you have that God's given you? And how can you use it for His glory and His kingdom? How can you be a person that, that honors God so that other people look in your life, they see someone who honors Jesus. God, help us to honor you with all that we are. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You today for Your Word and this parable and 
Thank you, God, for this story that reminds us how important our lives are to God. Every person from the youngest to the oldest, from the person that's, that's been uh, in church the longest or the shortest, that you care about our lives and you give us certain abilities and talents and, and treasure and influence, God. Help us to, in our hearts, desire to use them to glorify you in all that we do. I thank you today for Jesus and his teaching and his parable. I thank you for the opportunity and privilege that we have to hear your word and to hear your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. God bless you. I hope you have a a good rest of the day and a good week. May God be with you and meet your needs.